Hello, y'all, and welcome. Oh, I'm real close. <laughs> Hello, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Daily Durag. Today, so, well, first let me start off by saying this. I've been upset for the past week. Week? Yeah. Because I've been watched When They See Us by Ava DuVernay, and I'm upset. I'm getting ready to start a boycott my damn self. So today... I don't know. I don't know who I'm boycotting. You're going to boycott. Like, boycott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to boycott. So today, <laughs> today I got multiple hosts with me, multiple black hosts Amen. with me Hi. today. And we getting ready to talk about just being black youth today in our time that we're living in. We're going to mix in when they see us and everything else. So y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves. Well, y'all already knew who it was from the jump. <laughs> uh, you know, it's me, the Alyssa Malabi. <coughs> Back at it for the, what, fourth, fifth time? I'm about to say, um, you might as well be on uh, on the uh, name now. Yeah, right, right. Um, daily do rag and daily bomb. And daily But um, just to talk about a little bit with what I do, I know a lot of you see that I do a lot of things. Um, but I am getting my master's in education here at the University of Louisville. So the movie definitely impacted me a lot, just being with education and things of that nature. Um, I work in the Career Development Center here on campus. It's very pertinent that you go because we all need to get jobs and better ourselves. And I also um, teach orientation classes with um, the freshman football players over at Thornton's Academic Center. And I also, you know, I work with defense. And there it is. Come on, credentials. Here we go. All right, now. This is fine. They got good food. Oh, it's yeah. yeah, go ahead. Hey, everyone. My name is Tisha. I work at Spotting University as a student support coordinator. Been there for about a year. I'm also in the same master's program with Alyssa Malone. Yes. Okay. I'm uh, very excited to be here, so thank you, Jesse. You're welcome, Dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all my credentials. That's how your credentials. She do more than that. She just not trying to tell y'all. Cause uh, uh, notary. Period. Oh, I about yes. to say yes. And let's let's shout out black businesses now. Black businesses. Notary. Yeah, Shout out. We on wheels. Yeah. Yes. So Come if you now. need anything notarized from a power of attorney, any mm-hmm. loan signings. And there it is. As Did well. you read that? Power of attorney. Power, power. of attorney. Period. So uh, look uh, look me up on Instagram, yeah, Twitter, and Facebook at Sewell's Mobile Notary. Thanks. Support black businesses, y'all. Yes. Especially us. TJ. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is TJ Williams. I'm currently a senior. Come on, senior. Come on, senior. senior. Hey. And he said he had to put the deep voice on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not, not We're not going to do that. Uh, currently work for GE Appliances. Big University of Louisville. Uh, Speed School. I work for them as well. Uh, that's all I got for right now. He said that's all, like, he ain't just tell us he an engineer. I about to say, and all I got to say is this. Now that I know you making big money, I will be sending my invoice for this episode. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's going it's to bounce. Now it's going to bounce. Okay, right. so the first topic we're going to talk about is when they see us. Um, if y'all have not seen it, it is a documentary on Netflix by Ava DuVernay, and it's about the Exonerated Five because right. she she's changing the narrative and instead of the Central Park Five, it's the Exonerated Five because they ain't do it. But uh, I don't you know, know how many bottles of wine I consumed. Ooh, since I watched it. I'm on one right now. I about to say we drinking one <laughs> right now. And if you you if you're not familiar with the case, um, long story short. 
the police, the NYPD, took five boys who were in Central Park. Children. Um, if children, yes, and framed them for the rape and assault of a woman who was jogging in Central Park at the time. Um, they railroaded these boys, these children. They made up confessions. They just did the absolute most and everything they could possible to frame the narrative that these children were monsters and animals and everything else and they threw them in jail and most of them went to adult prisons even though they were children and uh, they spent a, from a range of 6 to 16 years in prison serving out that sentence before DNA evidence finally exonerated them of any crime committed. Mind you, that was in 2002. They right. did not get their settlement until 2014. They lost pretty much, well, not their whole life, they lost their whole childhood because, you know, that was one of the main things that I thought about when I was watching it was at 14 and 15 years old, I mean, I, at that point in time, I was introduced to sex, but I could never have imagined someone calling me a rapist or, you know, brutalizing. You know what a rapist is, yeah. Exactly. I don't even think at 14, I knew exactly, I was very well aware of what rape was. And what's crazy is that these kids literally were going out to have fun. They were going out to have a good time, you know, and they come back with all these convictions. They're getting threatened. Their parents were not here. They said they were questioned for like 40 some hours. Right, without no food. food, no yeah. water. They That's don't know what's right. going on. They don't know anybody in no bathroom breaks. They couldn't leave. And then you're telling them, if you just do what I say, you'll get to leave. And they played them, ultimately. I, I mean, imagine, imagine, I'm a youth, if anybody is from my high school and that listens, imagine, you know, we used to, cause there was one, for my high school, there was one way in and one way out. Mm-hmm. And so when we had cars, um, we used to sit outside and wait for the buses to leave because it would be all sorts of traffic. So we'd play football and we'd listen to music and we'd be outside joking and everything else for at least an hour yeah. until after the buses, you know, left. So if you're from a high school, imagine we were doing that Somebody got raped in our high school, you don't and they know. came out and rounded all of us up I and say said, "Y'all did." Because Central Park is six point one miles. That is true. It's, mm-hmm. it's over eight hundred acres. So for you to assume that one vicinity of the park is relative to another when it's so far away, yeah. right? And that make any sense. That's the other thing that I also thought about. Um, I took a trip to New York in December. I had no clue how big Central Park yeah. was. Central Park is. A big ass party. And these boys didn't even know each other. That's the whole thing. Yeah. They told them, they fabricated this whole story. They showed everybody pictures of the other people to get this whack story that was coerced. And they still were convicted. They had old girl testify and she couldn't remember what she ate for breakfast that morning. Right. Right. And, oops, and, sorry, and she was still using them. Like they asked her on the stand, "Do you remember this? Do you remember that?" She kept saying no. And but still, her testimony was still used against them, and she did not know these boys. I think, they didn't even. Know and them. still, to this day, she said she, she maintained, "I like, don't." But she also maintained, "I don't remember a thing yeah. from that." I think that makes this story different. In the cases, they had a group of black boys, let's say like fifteen or twenty, yeah. but they narrowed it down to five. Right. But the way that they narrowed it down yes. to five is because they realized their family either had to work all the time, they couldn't speak English, yeah. they couldn't come they up were to the jail. The ta- but 
just bitch ass woman named Linda. I, you know, let me tell you something. True child. Linda, yeah. Linda can still Linda can still get these hands and she every bit of six. Okay, because I'm, I'm running. I'm running up. Linda and Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the little caseworker with the nappy ass hip. Right. And I think the thing for Linda is while they was in their certain time for something they didn't do, she was writing best selling novels. Writing novels, she wrote three novels. You live in the life. So let me ask y'all this. Okay, to Shay and Alyssa, because (laughs) TJ didn't do his homework and ain't listen and ain't watch. But he also, he also, he's been watching other things. You have to have a a list. I only watched watched it because Riverdale went off. Right, I gotta watch Riverdale today. Me too. Okay, so to Shay, let me start with you. How do you feel, as, as a black person, how did you feel watching this documentary? It makes me feel like I don't want to have kids. That, yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. Because yeah. the fact that I would have to bring so much life into the world through another person just to have them set up for something that's not meant for them is not something that's that I would want to do. Uh, especially black boys. You know, mm-hmm. we put all, all this emphasis on our black daughters to make yes. them strong and yeah. to make them hard, but... At the same time, we feel like we can't even protect our own kids. And and at the same time, we feel like we can't protect our own bodies because in some way, shape, or form, we can't control ourselves in their eyes. Right. So that's how it made me feel the whole time. It's like, maybe I just should not have kids. I don't think I would be able to carry that burden like they their parents would. Alyssa, as a black person, how did this make you feel? Y'all yeah, know I'm all animated anyway. Child, we was up last night. Crying. I was cooking, and Crying. she was crying. <laughs> I... But it really, and I don't even know the the feeling. I honestly feel like it kind of almost made me feel somewhat hopeless in a sense because, you know, we're, we as black people are raised a lot differently than other children are. That is true. So we have to be raised to be always be aware at what? Five, six, seven. Yes. You know what I mean? So we already have to grow up faster than our counterparts, our peers. And the fact that there was nothing that could be done to help these boys, that really, it really hurt my heart and my spirit because, you know, I know a lot of the parents were educated and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, they're trying to, you know, we're always told, do what the police say, do what they Mm -hmm. say. When the system is set up against you in that manner and you do what they say, now I'm in jail for 16 years innocently. Right. You know, I'm getting brutalized and beat up. And it really hurt my, when I tell y'all, I cried. I ain't never just <laughs> cried mm-hmm. and cried because they didn't realize the impact that they had on so many lives and so many families. Mm-hmm. Imagine being a black person at that time. You were out at the park as well. That could have been you. Right. And let's say the park is something like everybody meet up at the waterfront and kids is just running around. Running right. around. And you with your friends, everybody's gonna be like, what they doing? Like, right. Let's yeah. say with them, it wasn't like they, went out premeditatedly to go out and harm mm-hmm. somebody. Yes, a couple of them did get rowdy because niggas yeah. do. Right. But to say that... They did that because they were... And they weren't even... The, if you watch it and you watch that scene of them being in the park, they weren't even at the park five minutes before the police came. Right. They they literally had just gotten out there. Corey was with his girl. Corey broke my heart. When I tell you... We- we gonna get. We gonna get to. We gonna get to. All I'm saying is like, if, you, if you watch it, it really. If I love being black, don't get me wrong, but it really just hurt because it's like sometimes there's really nothing you can do. Nothing. It's not even your fault. TJ, how do you feel? I know you didn't watch it, but I know you, we talked about it enough that you probably know the whole thing. How do you feel as a black man knowing what you know about the film? How do you feel about it? I mean, I've heard different things about the film even before we came out here. So I was gonna watch it <laughs> after I finished Black Mirror, uh, <laughs> obviously. But 
this kind of like brings me back kind of like when I was a little kid and I was always talking to my mom because like a lot of y'all that know me know I'm I'm not really the most like nigga person mm-hmm. of all time. I, I grew up really around like white kids. I was in MSD programs and all that. Mm-hmm. So my mom's trying to explain to me all these things because she grew up in a very impoverished neighborhood. She's trying to explain to me that there's problems in the world and there's uh, racism and all this. I'm sitting over here, I'm five years old, I'm like 10 years old. I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about, mom? Yeah. I'm, 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 I, would, I, would sit, I would seriously, you know, like they wouldn't see me that way. They mm-hmm. wouldn't view me that way. They wouldn't do things like that. But as you like grow up, you constantly just keep seeing more and more examples of this kind of like change. And it changes your perception, honestly. And I think this is just another example of like, honestly, just changing your, your perspective of like being a black person in America because like mm. you're literally never gonna be just yourself. I'm never gonna be just TJ. I'm yeah. always gonna be right. TJ, black kid, African-American, yeah. black male. And they're never gonna see, the first thing, no matter what they do, mm-hmm. they're gonna see. They're not gonna see TJ the engineer. They're gonna see yeah, TJ the black boy. TJ's a whole and engineer, but had TJ been in the park as well, he, he would have been, been writing questions. And I know, I know yeah. for me, like, one, like, Growing up, and I think for me, growing up and watching um, this, um, one of my Nana's brothers, his name was Uncle Willie. And my, like, family um, dynamic was, like, all, you know, we didn't have, like, great uncles and all that. That was just Uncle Willie, even though he was my great uncle. He used to tell me all the time, white people will switch up on me. Man. Do not. And he, he was very adamant Don't trust about me not... And my mom would come back and say, okay, listen, she she would break it down a little bit more like, mm-hmm. you know, not every white person is like that, blah, 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 but you got to understand what time he's coming from, yeah. you know? Yeah. He's coming from the 50s Jim and Crow. 60s. Mm-hmm. And we in Alabama, of course he's going to feel like this. But it definitely, um, when I watched this, definitely triggered me because I, I, I thought about him and the stuff that he taught me and the stuff because he was very... Um, he, like my papa, my dad, and my uncle Willie and my uncle James, they all were my father's figures. But my uncle Willie is definitely the one who I accredit with teaching me how to deal with police yeah. and how to deal with um, an angry white person or a racist white person. He taught me how to go about all of those steps. And I, like, when I was watching the scene with all of those boys in um, the police station, I thought about my Uncle Willie because I know he would have told me, do not say anything until me and your mother get there. Yes. You know? Don't say anything. And I I remember my Uncle Reg, my mom's brother, he got caught one time um, in the dorm of the University of Alabama. Mm. And this was way back, with the white woman, and this was way back, you know, then. And he got put in jail. And it was my Uncle Willie who got on the phone with him and said, don't you say a word, don't you move. Even if they release you, don't you move until I get there. Because he knew what, you know, what they did and what would have happened. And so um, it was definitely sad. And I definitely, like, agree with Tashe about having kids. It's scary because it seems as though we're not getting better, we're just getting worse, you know? I feel like I would feel... Like, just imagine having that feeling of, I'm, I brought you into the world, you know, and just for the world to turn its back on you. Like, that's, I couldn't even imagine, like, imagine, I couldn't even imagine the mothers 
Like, I mean, yeah. yes, the fathers are there as well, but like, just imagine, like, that is your child. You know that they're innocent. You know that they haven't. It's done just anything. the fact that you have to keep in the front of your head that when they come of age, you have to have that talk with them and that it has to be warranted and that they have to listen and follow directions all the time. And not everybody follows directions, right? Yeah. So you might tell your son if he get pulled over, put your hands on the, the stern wheel or whatever, but kids don't listen. Kids might be thinking you're joking all the time. Oh my God, yeah. you're making so much noise. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry, y'all. But. Sorry, y'all. We um have a new guest. Okay, <laughs> okay. Elliot Kelly, all right, the Elliot Kelly that put some respect on his name, you know what I'm saying? I mean, not for respecting everybody's name, I ain't nobody special. So real quick, Elliot, tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Also, how y'all doing? As you said, Elliot Kelly Jr. I'm from Louisville. I go to U of L, graduate next year. Come on, senior. Okay, senior. We try to get up through, try to get this word. Uh, but what else y'all want to know? Like, what do you do? Oh, so. He is a member of the. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we didn't say. We really didn't say. I was going all over. I was about to say, because I got. Listen, I got all. I got all. I got all Greek members sitting up here in my uh, apartment. I'm a member of the Omega South Africa Incorporated. I ain't going to give the whole spiel. We sure will not. Right. I'm about to say, we on 20 minutes. We will not. Yeah, okay. I guess what else do I do? I work with kids. I work at elementary oh. school. I mentor fourth and fifth grade boys, and I coach wrestling. Yeah. So. And there we are. Mm-hmm. All right. So Elliot. Yes, sir. So y'all all gave y'all yeah. say, we, okay. Elliot, as a black man, knowing what you know about the movie, he hasn't seen it either. But knowing what you know about the movie, about the case, how do you feel as a black man? Discussing. So the reason I decided not to see it is because. Oh, so you decided not to watch? Yeah, I, okay. I, 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 I feel like I have to mentally prepare to see it. To be honest, because yeah. Yeah. It, it's 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 tragic that watching a movie about the watching a movie or so about the criminal justice system turns into a horror movie. Yeah, right. black people. Black people. Like it's horror. It's 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 a horrible feeling just knowing that I'm gonna see it and I might shed a tear just because looking at those characters, I identify with them and I see it every single day. And it's like it, it, it brings up all the trauma, especially having encounters with police officers. So for me, being a black man in America, like every single day, you have to be on guard. You have to be ready for anything because you never know. No matter what you're doing, being in the you can be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, man. and still have something happen to you. There was somebody in uh, South Carolina a couple years ago. He was at work working with a child with a uh, mm-hmm. working with a child with a with the working yeah. with a child was it. I, feel like I don't exactly know they had like, yeah, that is. I just know he was working with kids. He was, he was working with a child with a disorder, and the child he was working with a child with a disorder, and the police officer shot him because he was doing his job. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like stuff like that. That's tragic. Where it's like he was doing the right thing at the right place at the right moment, and still got apprehended for being a black man in America, all because of how he appears, all because of how he looks, not even because of really how he appears. How he presented himself because of how he appeared to somebody else. Man, they what shoot first right. and ask questions. Like, like that killed me. How are you walking up, guns blazing? Don't even know anybody's name. So let me yeah. ask. I'm gonna go down the line. Let me. Yes, I just wanted to speak on that point. It, I think it's just funny how police officers are constantly saying that their job is a very stressful position, and how how police officers are basically saying that their job is a stressful position. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that is a very, very stressful position. It's, it's dangerous being a police officer, but it's you also dangerous. Mm-hmm. But it's that, but also it's dangerous being a citizen having a gun pulled in your face. Okay. Yeah, it, imagine the stress. Like, you put a gun in me, if I blink wrong, 
that bullet is going into my body. And then, no like, no kind of practice, no kind of like. And then, like Tashay said, like Tashay said, um, and that's always my answer to people who like to discuss this is we as citizens didn't sign up didn't get um were not born with this mentality of oh every time i step in my house i gotta protect myself you on the other hand as a police officer you signed up for this you knew what exactly the job pertained to so you signed up to protect and to serve not to shoot first and ask questions but you're only protecting and serving yourselves at this point because we and now as citizens have to step out especially as black citizens have to step out of the house knowing now that i even then leaving your house even if you're in your house they bust up in there too but every time you step out of the door you might not make it home and that's why i would love to have research and statistics on how many black people actually carry guns because you you feel like every single time you see somebody you have to pull your gun out what is the statistics of a black person actually shoot me back because i haven't seen it i've never seen i have never seen somebody shoot the police off and what's crazy is you pulling them out what's crazy is being being from alabama everybody i know family got guns somewhere in the house. Every daddy that I know, every black father that I know got a gun somewhere in their house. Hold up, Bobby. Y'all see a new Kevin Hart? Huh? I see a new Kevin Hart? No. Okay, never mind. Okay. Oh, but he has a gun in his yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they do. I mean, my papa had plenty of guns, even though he got too old to even use them. My papa had plenty of guns. My uncle Willie and them had plenty of guns. My daddy got guns hell in his Alabama. house. Huh? I said, hell is Alabama. I'm about to say, and there it is. We in Alabama. You, you God only knows what'll happen. You got to protect your family. So my next question is this. Do, how do you feel like the system has changed? How do you feel that the system has changed, if at all it's changed since that case in 1989? Tasha, you can go first. I think that we um, are very slow at progressing towards whatever it may be. I do think that the bail system is still rigged to, you know, eliminate the poor and to keep them in there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know. I really don't. I, I don't think that it has changed. I think that people are way more aware about their rights. And I feel like as black people, we should be. We should be the main ones advocating for ourselves and knowing what rights we do have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like since technology and this whole camera thing and pulling out the phones on Facebook Live, I feel like yeah. that's the only thing that's really saved us, saved us in a lot of these situations is having that ammo, is having that, okay, like I recorded what was done for me and having everybody around the world advocating for you is the only thing that I've seen has changed mm-hmm. in using it in the court system. But I feel like it really hasn't changed that much. Now I don't know mm-hmm. if anything really has, but I I don't see it. Alyssa, I have a little different take on it, um, and this is mostly just going back because you know me and Tasha in the same program, and I'm equating it to kind of how education has been. So I won't say it necessarily has changed. I th- well. I don't know how to say it. I think it's changed, but not progressively. It's just becoming more systematic and intentional Mm -hmm. because you know how in education, especially, you know, they were like, you're black, you can't come here. You're a nigga, you can't come here. Mm -hmm. So then they switched it, but they just put policies and procedures in place to keep you, so it's just hidden. So I think it's more systematic. So I think it has changed in the sense of that it's not very explicit. It's very opposite. I agree to where it's like, (laughs) we as black, as black people are demand and and don't mistake my words, don't get me wrong. Black people have always demanded 
equal opportunity, equal rights. But to, in this day and age, we're demanding it in different areas. Yeah. And so now they're realizing, okay, we so can't, we can't, do we can't play right. this game how yeah. we used to before, so we got to change it up a little so bit. So that's why I say that it's changed, yeah. but it's just more of an implicit right. racist system. So it's more systematic. So they can't just outright drag you out of your house, but yeah. they'll say, well, the reason why we did this is because we had this idea of yeah. filling the blank, all this kind of stuff. So I think it has changed. Elliot, how do you feel about it? Uh, so I think it, uh, I would say it's changed, but I wouldn't, I would say that it's actually becoming more visible and more overt in certain ways, but it definitely has become more, it definitely has become, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's definitely, it's definitely more, I guess, undercover now. It's more discreet now, yeah. rather than being very overt. But it's more exposed. Is that exactly, it's more yeah. exposed because it's like camera phone. But exactly, I would say, the, but the problem itself has gotten more extreme. Even though it's become mm, more yeah. subvert, it's gotten yeah. more extreme because statistically speaking, like people say, the only reason that police brutalities are advertised, like, are seen so much now, is because of cameras. But in addition to being more cameras, in addition to having more ways to expose it. Uh, yeah. Visually speaking, they're coming out with more, more ways cases. to cover yeah. it up. Exactly, mm-hmm. like at the same time, like at the same time that uh, camera, like the the use of camera phones and police yeah. encounters are rising, like uh, police shootings are also rising. Yeah. So yeah. it's rising at the same, it's rising at a similar rate. So yeah. like the problem itself is also getting worse at the same time, gaining more exposure. So like yeah. I would say the problem, like I would say the problem, the problem hasn't changed; it's just become more severe. I wouldn't say, and I honestly, things haven't changed since. For the most part, since America started, if you go back then, the only thing that's different is the culture. Yeah. The culture's evolved, but the systems in place haven't. Yeah. And that's the thing. The system should evolve with the culture. The system should it evolve should. as people, quote unquote, evolve. But like, pe- but the thing is, we teach like we don't we don't question tradition. We don't quest- question these generational uh, systems. We yeah. we the only thing we do is like we we enforce we reinforce them over time and make them stronger. But until, like, what we really have to do is like re- we have to evolve. Yeah. TJ, how do you feel? About it? Um, as far as everything that I've learned, as far as like the criminal justice system, I would say nothing. I, I kind of agree with Elliot. I don't think anything has really changed uh, since we've started. I think the uh, access to phones and cameras and accessibilities has, has been, became has had this uh, being justices become more aware mm-hmm. to Black people. Um, but I think that's also it, it's kind of like a double edged sword. I think most people are becoming desensitized to the mm. information. Mm-hmm. Um, espe- especially even yeah. um, white people when they see it, because when that happens and they come out with the camera footage and it's clear camera footage and you're yeah. seeing the murder yeah. happen on your, on your screen, they always, they will say, well, there's kind of like a, un- underlying points as yeah. to why yeah. this happened. There's underlying points as to why that happens. And they always undercut that. And I think that's one of the most damaging things that we really yeah. have is especially even because even with that video footage that that that's came like to the point and it came to light, you still don't get the repercussions and the, uh, that have, should happen to those police officers. I actually like that you love that you brought that up yeah. because I was having a conversation with the listen to Shay before y'all got here. And I was saying that like, for me, what made when they see us so upsetting for me is that all all of my life because my I, one being in the south you know we always we were always taught especially black people we're always taught by our own folks 
about lynchings and the civil rights movement and everything. So, like, if I see a lynching on Twitter or if I see, um, like, visuals of Bloody Sunday, like Selma, I didn't flinch when I went to go see Selma because I had been taught about that all of my life. I've been seeing images of that all of my life. I've met people who marched with them across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. So for me, that I've already been desensitized to that sort of thing. But for when they see us, to sit there and watch what's going on in the prison system, which is for the most part hidden and underground, you yeah. don't you hear about it, but you don't actually see a visual of what's going on. That's what made that situation um, so upsetting. So my next question for y'all is: Do you think that? the videos being taken, the photos being taken of these people being shot and the, you know, unarmed black boys, unarmed black people being, you know, shot and killed by police. Do you think that that's doing more harm than good for our people as far as a justice comes? Go ahead, TJ. Thank you. Um, I think it is always going to be I think it's always gonna be up to the people to decide whether this is gonna be a good or a bad thing. I think right now, I think when it started out, it started with the Black Lives Matter movement. That was a positive thing. It was it was gaining traction. Mm-hmm. And then such and such years happened afterwards and it just became, I think after that, that's when it started becoming bad. Mm-hmm. I think because after that, people like became desensitized to, yeah. desensitized to it. You would see like a black man getting murdered. You would have a hashtag. The hashtag would go around Instagram for about two, three weeks, maybe even yeah. a month, and then afterwards it would go away until the next shooting happened. And then you have two hashtags that you would post. Yeah. And I felt like after that, that was all that was really happening. We weren't getting any like progression to it. Yeah. We, we plateaued as far as like the awareness effect of what we wanted to change. Mm-hmm. We started talking about it, but after that, there was no action following those talks mm-hmm. those talks. And I think that's when it became like the problem because now if it happens, I, I honestly think everyone would be sad for a week. Yeah. And then after that, we wouldn't do anything. Like this this right now is a problem. Like people that are out there are still alive. Yeah. And yeah. nothing's happening. It's, it, that That's a problem. If there's video evidence, we have enough to put it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And not everyone mm-hmm. even has their own Netflix account because I know half y'all I'm using dead. somebody's Netflix account. <laughs> But the fact that it's all the way out here and those people are sitting over there watching it, they probably profited off this. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. The white people that that's, that that is that have like done these deeds, they're still probably profiting off oh. their actions. Oh, for still, sure. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is still teaching at Columbia. Why is it so that, And I know they're calling for her to be fired, but Elizabeth, you know. Elizabeth, but she even then, I'm not Elizabeth, I'm sorry. Yeah. Linda didn't even get fired. She stepped down. She said that because she knew what was coming. But her books are still out there. Well see, well, see, what's funny is I was talking to my friend Aaliyah about, you know, this. Um, and I told her, I said, watch. Because the minute I watched, I watched it the day after it came out <laughs> on Netflix. And I had been waiting on it. And so I told Aaliyah, I said, watch. They do exactly what they did with the Emmett Till case. Um, they, opened, they reopened the Emmett Till case um, a couple years ago. I'm not exactly sure the year. And for those of you who are not familiar okay. with the Emmett Till case, it was this little boy. He was, I can't remember what age he was, but he could, yeah, he 13, 13, 14, 13. Yeah. and he was accused, falsely accused, of whistling at a white woman during the Jim Crow era and um, 
she her she told her husband and his brother yeah. and they brutally beat this boy and and gouged his eyes out and drowned him and you know it tied him up in bags and threw him into the river and they brute like tj just said they brutalized him and so they reopened the case a couple years ago because the woman openly admitted that she lied about all her deathbed and so they what they did was they said because the woman was still alive at the time they reopened the case Mm -hmm. because she was on her deathbed but then she like like made a health turn and so it was just open last year Oh, what? That's what I'm looking at well, last year. Okay, well, and so what she did, what they did was, people were saying, well, she's too old. Why even, why even, you know, because people, of course, were calling for her to be put in jail. Put her in and jail. they were like, well, I don't care. 85. Exactly. Pick a cell. I don't and care so, 105. And so I told Aaliyah, I said. If it was black, they would have had a cell right Man. Okay. Man. I said, I told Aaliyah, I said, Linda is 75, I think. That's what I read. I said, watch they do the same thing with her, saying, well, she's old. That case was 30-some-odd years ago. And she was older in jail. Exactly. Put her ass in there. Exactly. Oh, okay. At the oh, very, very question. least, they should take her money. Yeah. I have a question. So, like, my, my question is, when it comes to addressing these injustices, what it, so I, I, I have a point after this, but I do want to see, like, what y'all's responses are. So what exactly is the goal in talking about them? What exactly is the goal? Is the goal to get justice for these individuals? Yes. Yes. So like, it's to bring justice. light to their story because it was never it was never fully told. Well, okay. for me, it's um. No, I think you said about the goal of the the goal of the movie, not the not goal. necessarily oh, the, the movie, but like for like for for example, like talk like talk about the Emmett Till case, like yeah. the talks that we have right now. Oh, what exactly my is the goal? For me, so it's like, to um, not too, but like is for me, it's to one get justice for them okay. later on. It, even if it didn't happen then, it can happen now. Two. It's to just like they make an example out of us because that's all cases like that. All they're doing is quote unquote making an example out of us. It's basically it's basically saying that you know black folks. Okay, you feel like you getting this power. You feel like you moving up in the world. You feel like you doing this. You doing that. Let me tell you what you really are. They done. They not doing nothing. The justice system ain't doing nothing but making an example. So like, what do y'all think? So what do y'all think is the solution? That's really my biggest question. So like, what do y'all think the solution is? And I have a point after that, but I just want to like. But I also, but I'm just gonna go back before I can talk about that. I want to also go back um, because I feel like it's important for us to have this conversation so that you can kind of ignite that fire in certain people because, you know, some people prior to seeing this. Well, one first point is TJ talking about. If you didn't see this, know anything about it, did not have social media or anything, you still would not know about it. That is true. And also, kind of what to Shay's point as well, like when having these conversations and stuff like that, like you need to bring awareness so we can know our rights because I wouldn't, I mean, I know because I'm in education right now, but if I wasn't in education, I was just going about, you know, my life, I was Mm -hmm. in communication and stuff like that. We don't really talk about, you know, civil rights or injustices and things of that nature. I wouldn't know that I need to pay attention to my rights when it comes to the court because I'm not thinking I'm going to jail. I'm not thinking because I'm doing a regular everyday thing that I'm going to end up in jail for something I didn't do. So 
See something like that makes me want to go and study and learn about my rights and learn about what I have to do with the court, what I don't have to do, and all that kind of stuff. That's so important. And, and, and if teaching you, that in school. And if you don't know, like if you've never had a run-in with the police, you don't know that you don't technically have to answer any of these questions without a lawyer present. Like you don't, you get scared and you yeah. start running out at the mouth. Yeah. And or then especially if you under, exactly, especially if you under eighteen. You You're screwed. technically cannot, yeah. you shouldn't be at least Question answering no questions without your parents and a lawyer. Well, I found out the but, other day, like when you get pulled over, you don't have to tell them anything. You yeah. give them your driver's license and your registration. Everything else you do not have to do. Like I didn't realize and you can get, they ask you where you're going. What's your name? You don't have to say anything. You and you can do things. That's it. And you can deny a search and everything. Most people do not know. That's, that's the importance of these talks here yeah. because most people don't know that just type like of thing. when we talk about black women in healthcare how they die yeah. ridiculously rights if your doctor says that he doesn't want to give you a test all you have to say is okay well can you write that in the notes that you are refusing to give me this yeah. type of care and I promise you 98% of the time you, you, better better say, you know what I'm gonna go ahead and give you the test because right. they don't want that to be known had I not been on Twitter, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. Come on, Twitter. No, Twitter. Right, Twitter. Be modern, modern, day okay. modern day news. So, like, my point is, I think a lot of times these conversations revolve too much around problems and not enough around, like, like the information is cool, but like my thing is just like knowledge is nothing without application. So, like, I think, I think. I don't agree. Means, so, like, I mean, like. Why? Wait. No, why? no, 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 it does, like having the knowledge means nothing if you're not able to apply it in a meaningful way in the life, like in, the, in your own life in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. So like with that, I'm saying okay. So like the goal is to inform people and to spark their fire, but like now we have to like, at like at like as people, not just us in this room, but like us talking to other people outside this room, have to move forward and figure out what our, what we want our next steps to be. But you can't do that unless you have the knowledge. So I think the point is to yeah. have this outlet because I'm grateful that Jesse is able that we have the freedom to even be here with Jesse to have this outlet. I'm not saying it shouldn't be an outlet. What I'm saying is, like, this this is this is extremely important. It is, but like, what's equally important that I think doesn't get t- like that doesn't get touched on enough is like what the next steps are. I'm not saying specifically with it, like with this. I'm saying like outside of this. That's yeah, there's saying. no, but there's not always a solution to everything because so let's say we're talking about this with the system. There's really no solution because it's a systematic thing. So no matter honestly and truly. I'm not saying that it's hopeless, but I'm just saying, even us as people, us as black folks, let's say all of us come together all at once, we don't hold those positions. Well, I'll also say, all of the racist problems are not black people's problems. Yes. White people's problems. Exactly. So even though so, there's a solution, that's not I our mean, solution. I mean, our ancestors have been fighting for our whole life, and we're Lies. still fighting for it. No. So, I mean, Wait, go ahead, TJ. TJ. I think I'm sorry. He had his hand raised. <laughs> I always right. He got his hand raised in here like we in class, yo. I'm the teacher. You know. school, <laughs> always in class. I'm in class now. Yeah, I'm in class. What I'm saying is, well, I think what Ellie's trying to say is this this is the first step. Mm-hmm. And we can't forget the other steps that go along with this. And honestly, I do disagree with what you said with what you said, Alyssa. I think that I think that's actually a very, very like legitimate problem is that we as black people don't believe then we have the power to change those things. Mm-hmm. If the black community really came together, and I'm not talking about like how when we like see no, like, y'all, like, every, yeah. but I'm talking about yeah. like we really came together, we have enormous amounts of power. Now, wait, 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 this is what I will say. This is what I will say. I disagree 
with half of that statement. I think our generation has this issue with they think, well, what am I able to do? What am I supposed to do? You know, I think I because look at generations past. Look at what they've changed. I don't think we as black people as a whole have an issue with um, changing things and getting together and changing things. I think our generation, and I will put this out there, has a pride issue. Everybody wants to be upfront. Everybody wants to be. Um, everybody wants to be the savior. Everybody wants to be the famous person. But then look at the civil rights movement. Yes, there was Martin Luther King, and that's what most white people. That's the only person that he knows. But there were thousands of other people behind him that did the legwork. And I think that our generation has an issue with there are people who don't want to do the legwork without the glory behind it, if you get what I'm saying. Everybody you know? want to be right it's, Everybody want to be... I'd like to say something. Um, the, uh, what do you mean by rally together? So when I Just put that into... Work. Yeah, I think, baby. So <laughs> back in the G, everybody, when they rallied together, they did a lot of boycotting. Is that what you mean by rallying together? Do I like boycotting or, or solution based? Yeah. Because <clears throat> my whole thing is though, and that's that, what, that's my point. And I'm that not, brings my point to boycotting because we can say we want to boycott all we want, but is that really feasible? And no. when we talk about businesses being monopolies, that's not really feasible for a lot of people to boycott certain industries yes. and certain WalMarts and, and dollars. Super and also, but my whole thing is like the solution isn't always that because this is this is going back to systems like Elliot. I believe Elliot was talking about it. These systems have been in place for forever. Even if all of us come together, and let's say even if we just boycott it, yeah. what are we boycotting? And, yeah, that's, really, that's, and that's what I'm about to say. System. Just just like we how boycott one store, but they own another store. Another store pays the check. Just like how just like how the system has um, evolved. You know, our point of um, our point of change has to evolve too. Yeah. You know, yes. boycotting worked in the '60s, yeah. but that's because the system was the way it was in, in the '60s. 60s. Yes. It's not the same way in 2019. So, that's so you saying. have so to like, find I a different way. I understand what they're saying. I understand exactly what yes. they're saying. But my whole thing is, we have to think about there's other ways. So there's a lot of conversations that need to be had prior to. Me I'm not saying you don't need to have that, but oh, you need to meet the needs okay. of those things. But you also have to think like. So you have to have a lot of plan. You can't just be like, boom, let's not talk about what you're going to do. You have to have these things. And I think a lot of times there's another radical extreme to where people just jump up and like, oh, we got to do what we got to do. We don't know what we're doing. Okay, Elliot. So like, my, so like, I'm not saying like, boom, like take like automatically we're going to kill these systems. I'm not talking about that type of action, but I'm saying that like, we have you these talks, but like, I think, I, I think we have to address a lot of problems. And some of them are within the black community. So like, I think, as, like we felt like we we so quick to cancel each other, but we not quick to cancel these white people. So like I, I mean, agree. So like that's an issue in and of itself. Where it's yeah, like we don't even love each other. So like how are we gonna love each other enough to really like to fulfill a goal? So like if we don't love each other, then like what what good is us gonna have? Because it's like but we but this is this is also us showing our support for them. So this is us loving other black people. So I'm kind of lost in your in your point when it comes to this specific conversation because. Because this is something, this is something and showing solidarity for other black people that we don't even know. Now, I, I get that, but I'm saying, but like my, my, but like my point is just like, so how can we prevent this from happening in the future? How can we minimize that? Like, and that's my thing, I'm, like, like I agree, we do need to show solidarity, love and support for each other, but 
what can we do years from now? That, like, what can we do in the future to prevent situations like this from recurring? Now, okay, wait. My next question, because we gotta get back on topic. I love y'all, and I love these opinions. Yeah. I love these talks, but we gotta get back on topic. My next question is this, because Shay brought up a good point. Mm. Okay, on, good wait. Point. Was it Shay? <laughs> it was one of y'all. Brought up a good point. It was probably me. Why? Okay. Now, we saw, we all saw what R. Kelly did because I did an episode. If you ain't listened to it, y'all wax. We all saw what, ep- what R. Kelly did. We got that man up out of here. Now, why? Why is it so easy to get R. Kelly up out of here with, you know, this documentary and everything like that, but we couldn't get Gucci up out of here? Or, Gucci, or, yeah. was it Gucci? Yeah. Gucci. Oh, Gucci, not the me, person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The yeah. brain. The oh, brain. I thought he was talking about me. Not, not Gucci, man. Now, y'all know I love oh, Gucci LaFleur. You better, yeah, no, <laughs> don't jump. Now, y'all know, I, mm, but yeah. But let so, Gucci do something, you gonna cancel me? We, we stand on topic. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, because I mean, we all got faves that are problematic because everybody know me. No, I love Big N. He was a woman beater, but you know, that's a different story. Anyways. To say, I would like your answer first. Why is it so easy for us to get our own people up out of here? Our own, you know, cancel our own folks. But... Because, I mean, we all we all heard the phrase. We all know all skin folk ain't your kin folk. You know, right. we, we know how to get them up out of here. But why when these um, powerful, because I will say that, white folks do <coughs> do things and have been doing things to us that we don't get them up out of here? Um, I think some black people equate success with whiteness. Mm, internalized racism. Sometimes when people in our own community have more success than others, it's really quickly for them to otherism. So they, other black folks do this, but I don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's hard for them sometimes to equate oh, being black first, <laughs> then putting white people where they are. Yeah. Um, because it's easy to move out North Commons and, and right. live yeah. in a lavish house and to work wherever you work. This and is have true. white coworkers and your buddies, but you might not be able to relate to me. Yeah. Um, and this you might true. not want to push white people out because they, you know, half the time pay your bills, right? This is true. And half the times you want to make those connections to move up in that firm you want to work at. You, so I think it's really it's really easy for people to down other people that aren't in the same situation as them or the socioeconomic status. So I feel like that is one of the ways that they keep that whiteness close to them is mm-hmm. to say, well, not all white people are bad. You know, I hang out with Johnny on the block and we go golfing and not to see the whole picture. Yeah. Okay. I listen. I was also going to bring up just the sense of like that internalized racism um, just because... Ooh, y'all suffer from it. Yeah. And it's just more along the lines of like, I don't even know. It's, it's hard to kind of explain it, but it's just like when you see that, again, we're going back to systems are built against you. It's kind of like you have to assimilate to be successful. You have to assimilate to get where you want to do. And it might not always be for yourself, mm-hmm. for your families. If you got kids, your mama, your granny or whatever. So there's that when it comes to that, you're almost like, well, there's nothing else I can do. So I have to do this. It's more of like a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, and I know it, it kind of, it's hard. You lose that translation when it comes to like Gucci or whatever. It's just like, just don't buy it. Because I'm not buying it anyway, whether they did something or not. I don't got the money for it. Same. But, you know, when you're in that culture, like you feel like you have to take on certain aspects to kind of assimilate or, you know, merge into that system or that culture. It's just like, well, this is what I got to do to get by. Like people that make money, like 50 Cent, people like Floyd Mayweather, they're like, well, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about this money. 
their that internalized racism, that assimilation has taken so strong into their identity they can't see that they are black first and they'll always be seen as black. This is true. All right, Elliot. You can go ahead, T. I'm still thinking. Oh, but I wasn't prepared. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, for me, as far as like trying to get rid of what we see as successful nowadays, I feel like it's not only uh, it's not only propagated by white culture; it's also propagated by black culture. I mean, we have rappers, we have everyone out here that always says like. You're not gonna be this. You're not gonna be mm-hmm. that. I have all this money. I have yeah. all this Gucci. I have all this yada yada yada. All of all of the black rappers and like promoters of these things, they are still promoting companies ran by white people. Mm-hmm. Even when even when you have even when you have made it out, you can't escape white that white power. Yeah. Even because even the, all the basketball players we see, I mean, the owners have way more money than they can even mm-hmm. even come to. We see new money and think it's all there is when it's the old money that's still controlling it. Right. And I think that as far as like trying to move past that, we still haven't even realized that the new money isn't even really where it's at. Do you think that that um, has to do with the education of how generational wealth goes, though? Um, Because uh, for a lot of us, you know, I can't say the same for me because of how Bridget was. I was never paying a bill in her house. But I know for, I have friends who, they are the first ones in their family who are able to stand on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. And they going back and paying bills in their mother's and grandmother's house and stuff like that. So do you think that the reason why you know, these basketball players and football players and everything have this mindset and don't understand that new money has no comparison to old money is because most of them grew up impoverished and they're the first ones to make it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to be in a situation where you don't have anything and then you have everything. And I mean, ain't nobody saying you can't wear Gucci and Montclair and Balenciaga, but what we're saying is at the same time, you should be able to see when shit's wrong. Right. Yeah, I don't works. care who's cutting your check. You should be able to be like, that is actually wrong. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask all of y'all this. Um, why do you feel like most black people, and I'm, you know, we are black, so therefore, you know, my yeah, top of the around that. Yeah. I, I ain't worried about her. Nobody's feelings because ain't nobody can whoop me. That's uh, that. Because when, when it comes to him, who right behind him? Period. <laughs> I got the bottom. Do you I got the bottom. Why do you feel? Right, I'm about to say, don't waste no good wine. <laughs> now, why do you feel like we as black people, not necessarily us in this room, because you got a black on shirt on right now, why do you feel like? Black people, when they get money, they would rather support other businesses instead of black-owned businesses. So not hurt people's feelings, like we just. I think the biggest thing is that it's hard for people to see greatness when it's so close to them. So like, we're mm-hmm. willing to support Gucci, and like even I, I got on the polo. I got on the polo, right? For example, but like, it's because we associate these things with greatness. We associate these things with quality. But for like, when it's when it's a black-owned brand, because it's like. Like because it's so close to us, it's part of that. It's part. It's part of that internalized racism. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like it's easier for me to see greatness as somebody that's different than me, than somebody that I can identify with. Yeah. TJ's my brother. I, like me and TJ, me and TJ grew up together. Mm-hmm. It's easy, like as 
I see TJ as phenomenal. Don't get me. I'm not saying that I don't see it that I way. I see him as more phenomenal. I'm not, man. TJ's the man. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, the point is. <laughs> I was about to say, we all go. We're not going to do this. The point is, like, we don't encourage each other's genuine greatness enough. And it's just like, because, like, say TJ was to start something and he charged, <laughs> he, he was to make clothes, like, it's like fabrics and stuff. He's charging the same prices that. Ralph Lauren would charge. We we like, come on, bro. You taxing, you know? You not why, Ralph why, why, right. Exactly. exactly. Uh-huh. So why ain't he Ralph Lauren? So why ain't he? And it's, like, it's so hard for us to see greatness. It's so hard for us to see greatness when it's so close to us. I think that's the biggest thing. Can I just say well, no, real quick? Ladies. But to piggyback off of that, like you were talking about, they don't see greatness because they don't realize that these big brands started in their garages. So Apple, yeah. Polo, Gucci, all that, they started in the same places like on the street in their dorm room or whatever. So take that into account. But TJ got something to say. Okay, thanks, guys. Because I've been to say I think one of the main problems is as soon as like we have like a black business that starts up and one of your friends starts a business, the first thing that I think people think of is, okay, so what can I get? <gasps> Yo! What? Ooh, Tashay got a good thing because she just started her business. Let's talk after the Whoa! Oh, no, but I, 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 I just want to say, yeah. all your, as if you start some, if you if you make some, the first thing your friends is gonna say is, all right, so okay. you you got me, you got me. I ain't gotta pay for nothing. I don't gotta yeah, but because everybody wants everybody wants to support. <laughs> something else except yeah. your friends like yeah. when, when someone because started they something. see that as an opportunity versus like their business i yes. think i'm just from a common sense standpoint it's either it's easy to spend ten dollars at forever 21 given how big the company is yeah. in wholesale prices right yes. so if someone is making the same t-shirt as you and they don't have a big company they're out of their garage of course the price gonna is going to be, be a little bit more right because um, they're coming out of the pocket so if you go to the highlands and you go to those boutiques Everything in that motherfucker's gonna be sixty dollars because they need to make quick. Show so him. I feel like that's the mm-hmm. difference between you spending sixty dollars at Forever Twenty One and you spending sixty dollars at your cousin's shop is because they're actually coming out with their own money to make this just for you. Also, if to you, a major corporation. Also, if you're listening, if you're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, shout with my cousin Joy because she got her hair business bundles of joy. That's all I gotta say. Does she show? Huh? She show do. Cause I need another week. Okay. She <laughs> show do, and she good at it. Too. Joy. Baby, <laughs> run, run me a 24-inch uh, deep wave. <laughs> <laughs> Frontal. Not that. Uh-uh. But, um... Not 21. They don't have 21. You know I would. I but, <laughs> but also, just like, kind of like what you said, about, like, just going back to that, like, they don't see that as great because, like, well, they already here. Why would I do that for you? And they already here. Like, right. you know what I mean? But also, we got to stop doing that as black people. Show when you. your friends have a business, you don't always got to be what they own. Do something else. And, th- and this is what I will say. Do something else. You don't, you don't, or, or work with them. So, like, right. me, if this, I'm just going to use it because me and Jason, well, everybody knows that Jason's like my best friend. For real. Okay, we are. So, I'm going to finish the bottle. Go ahead and finish the bottle, sis. But this is my whole thing. So, Jesse has a podcast, right? We all love Daily Do, right? We all do. Now let's say I'm like, how trifling would I be? If I was like, you know what? People was telling me how good I was. Let me start a podcast. That'd be so fun. That would be trifling as hell because right. me and Jesse are friends. Now, what I could do is like, Jesse, and I did, if you ever just need me on there or yeah. if you don't have anybody I could talk to, I could work with you. Yeah. But to take what you have because 
this is your this is your thing. Like I have other things that I can do. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to start a podcast because Jesse's on a podcast. That's trifling. That's not friendship. Right. That's not brotherhood. That's not sisterhood. You trifling. You that trifling. But I will say this. <laughs> this, this is the only thing because if anybody knows me, I will. I mean, I've been broke. Here lately, I've been real broke here lately. But when I did have money, uh, uh, when I did have money, when I was serving at First Watch, I had money. I was out here buying black-owned everything. Right like now, I ain't buying a damn thing because I'm broke. I was but paying eighty dollars at your storefront. I, I showed a fuck will. Okay. I bought shoe cleaner for hundred dollars. I don't have. Any what's that? What's that? That Instagram show? Uh, I don't need to receive. I, I think based out of Atlanta, it's called God is Dope. I got like three different t-shirts from y'all because I was like, yeah. if it's black businesses, I'm giving you your money. Yeah. Um, Dad, okay, I was like, that shit, I still keep getting well, the yeah. I'm about to say the shit, but I got, shoot. Jay, who's in the black not J. K. Oh my bad. Oh, right. What's going on? Uh-uh. The beard oil I got, the beard oil I got, the lotion I got, and the um 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 face wash I got, all have come from a black business. I don't be playing when it comes to that. Jesse was stayed down at the boutique. Oh, you feel me? But I will say this. Okay. Uh-uh. Only thing I have to say negative, because if anybody knows me, I don't talk down about black mm-hmm. businesses. Only thing I will say is that some of y'all do need to take a course in customer service because uh, if I'm buying something from you, if I'm getting um, if I'm getting a one service of the things from you, on the three reasons why people don't shop at Black Business. Yeah, because it's you know you gotta because because we are you we used to going to I'm about to say we used to stand in our ground right I'm about to say bullshit. Yeah, we, <laughs> we used to going to barber shops and, and hair shops and stuff like that beauty salons and it taking and it taking 20 years but y'all talking bad to each other blah they blew so then in your mind it's like well why would I buy a t-shirt from them because I know how they are they probably gonna be late to meet me and da 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 but you know what I'm saying and so I will say not all because I have met like we got to Shay here with the notary business Mo- who are who Is are plenty who are very who are very very <laughs> professional but we have some who unfortunately ruin it with the mindset for the rest of us now I will my next question is this why is it? And I asked my mom this actually, because we got into it one day. Bridget? Yes, Bridget, who uses black businesses all the time. But this one black business, she was she went she used to get a shirt or something. Mm-hmm. And she had a bad issue. She had a bad run-in with the woman who owned it. And she called me, I ain't never doing da 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 I said, wait, 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 wait. wait. Well, she go back to Target and they talk back. Boom, there you go. My next, my next question is this. That's how it is in Oxford. Because Aunt Denise had a run-in with the people in Walmart in Middletown. I ain't even gonna go there, but she almost, she almost whooped Don't this old woman. Don't shop at Walmart. They support Alec. She almost whooped this old woman's ass. I said, Lord, Aunt Denise, please, Jesus. But um, that why is it that when we go into Walmart, are we going to J. Jill, are we going to Urban Outfitters? If we have a bad instance well, that's with them. exactly with the workers then and there, it's just well they was having a bad day, or you focus solely on the worker. Whereas if you have a bad experience at a black business, it's I'm never supporting black business because this and is how they do and why they do uh-huh. TJ, go ahead. I keep raising my hand. It's okay. You know we keep talking to you. <laughs> I think this is my just like reasoning for it is I feel like people see a white-owned business, one of these big businesses, as a business. Yeah. I'm not and when they see 
black-owned businesses, they see people. Yeah. Instead, they equate that business with that person, mm-hmm. and not necessarily like how we like if we if we go to even if I go to Popeyes, like I just said, they they got bad yeah. service at the time. But if one of them fuck on my order, I'm going to a different Popeyes. And we don't have that accessibility. We don't have that opportunity that we have with black businesses because mm-hmm. most of them, when they're starting up, they never get that yeah that support in order for them to become that. that yeah, I think it's the conceptualization of what a white business is versus yes. what a black business is. Because some people's mm-hmm. um, conceptualization of what a black business is, I'm going to get in here and they're going to be late. They're going to get on my nerves. They're going to have an attitude. So if you already have that mindset going in and somebody really does give you an attitude, you're not going to want to go back. Exactly. Right. And so when you go into a white business, you expect them to be professional or whatever Chick-fil-A. professionalism is yeah. in the white mm. sense. Mm. Right? Chick-fil-A. And so when they don't, when Chick-fil-A gives you an attitude, you're like, oh, not all of them do this. Yeah. Because white people are relatively nice, apparently. Yeah. When you're giving them money. But if you go into a black business, you expect them to give you an attitude. So if a motherfucker do give me an attitude, I might be like, this is just what I thought. Just what I thought. But I also, this might be a reach. But I know that for me, um, when I say a black business, I have an expectation of you're going to treat me like family because we are black people together. Yeah. So I have this assumption that when I go in, it's going to be like my cousins, my, mm-hmm. my family, family like a family reunion. And when you uppity and bourgeois with me, I'm like, hold on, because I was trying to come in here to support your business. You know right. I mean? Versus like, I don't have to. Like you doing connection. them a favor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not necessarily like a favor, but it's just like, I'm trying to come in. To, I guess it is a favor, but like I'm coming in to genuinely help you. And I feel like we're going to have this automatic connection because we are black folk. But when I go to Forever 21, when I go to Target, Walmart, I don't know y'all, I'm coming Mind to Mind you, it's multiple chains. So it's easy yeah. to feel uncomfortable at one yeah. Target versus not, another. Because the one around my house, I'm cool. Versus one somewhere. black business that don't sell what you need to be sold yeah. anywhere else, if you have a run-in with somebody that you don't like, you yeah. might not actually want to go there. Exactly, but I just feel like too, it's just like whenever I feel like, like imagine if you was, Jesse going home to see Sydney. You like, that's my cousin, that's my girl. Right. And she's like, you should be like, boy, don't even, I ain't even trying. And she treats you with your attitude. You'd be like, bro, like, what? Like, what do and you Sydney, mean? And Sydney, I love on? you, but she just like my mama. She moved me, so she do begin. But I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, but like, <laughs> if, you, if you come in expecting somebody to be cool with you and be like your family to you, and they're not, you're kind of like, okay, well, that really, that actually really hurt me that you did that. So now mm-hmm. I ain't But let's think about however job. many different mindsets we just brought up. Just off yeah. one black business. Yeah. Opposed to, I don't think white people actually relatively think about. They don't. No. They probably just go in there to actually just get their shit. They're just and we are over here with analyzing. 15 different things of what we think something might be. And also, let me just shout out the beard oil and the face wash all the time. The business is naturally me 502. I shout them out all the time. Cause Every episode. Listen, <laughs> because they be doing the daggone thing and they are very, uh, they had a pop-up shop um, at this place near my dad and they are very professional, very nice and they it. But anyways, so my next, and this will be my next to last question. Second to last. Thank you, <laughs> TJ, the engineer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you write that right. Uh-huh. Would be, okay, so if you could give just one, and Elliot, I love you, but just one, <laughs> piece of advice to our younger brothers, because we all, you know, 20-something, I mean, we not old, but, you know, we done had a little bit, just a tiny bit of experience. Um... If you could give a piece of advice to a younger person listening, if they have to deal with the police, what would it be? That's rough. Um, 
I guess dealing with the police is to have a conversation, um, maybe with the older person, or to do your own research or to try to find your own research on, um, I guess, what, I guess ways not to get killed. I mean, that I mean that would be the basis of what I'm talking about right now. Mm -hmm. um, trying to understand your own rights um, would be a great starting point. I know it's unfortunate that I have to have this conversation with you, um, but it's very much a real issue. I would also say to read novels, to be extremely educated about the policies and, and systems that are rigged up against you. Um, so if you need a book list, you can follow me on Instagram at the Ace of Spades underscore. Okay. Is that, is that more than one? Huh? You, you read your book and make a list and talk to somebody. Okay, it was three. And if you need, listen. If you need book advice, follow me at the shake. Cause we was literally. We will get you all the way. I'm about to say, cause I got a whole library sitting Nobody right here in my room. That's <laughs> okay, TJ, you got one one piece of advice. Sorry, oh, I only get one. I already took <laughs> Um, I would say just cause like I try to start my own program uh, oh. myself is to always just know your rights based on one of the three points uh, Ted just said. I'm gonna say, I would say the most important thing is always knowing your rights because if you don't know to the rules to the game, yeah. Boom. you can't, can't play. even play. Boom. So they messed you up from jump. Alyssa? Um, a biggest thing for me, which my mom always instilled with me, is to be aware. Um, and that could be, it's not necessarily like after you've had it running, it's just in general. Because um, you have to, it's hard, but we always have to be, like we always have to have like extra eyes around us to even mm -hmm. know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, but like when we go out certain places, I try to always know what's yes. going on. Mm -hmm. So that if I feel like, hey, this isn't right or something could go wrong, mm -hmm. and it shouldn't have to be this way, I know. Yeah. But I just feel like, especially when you're younger, considering, you know, when they see us, they was what? At the youngest 13. 13. Just be aware. Yeah. Pay attention. It's so important and it really could be, that line between life and death. So be aware. Elliot. It's so hard because I want to say so much. So I'm trying to think of my. Uh-uh, because listen, we had an hour. <laughs> uh-uh. You got, go ahead, Give them two, give them two, give them two, give them two. Two, okay, two, two pieces. All right, so one. I'm sorry. Okay, anyway, uh, one, I would say something that's personally helped me. It's a bit different than like, it's I, me, I operate out of love and understanding. So like, I think a lot of my encounters don't go in a in a negative way because like I've had bad encounters and stuff like that. Even those encounters can be a lot worse if I was to react in a hostile way to what they're doing. So I mean like, don't, don't like in life, don't react. Like act out of how, act out of what you think you should do rather than acting out of how somebody's treating you. And that'll keep you out of a lot of situations. That'll keep a bad situation from going horrible. And that'll keep a, a good situation from going bad. So there's that. And then another thing is, they already said stay knowledgeable. Make sure you understand laws and procedures. Uh, stay aware. But... They actually have one. Right. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, that's my biggest one. Is just... Uh, and that's life, and that's life in general too. Just live out of love. That'll help you. That'll, that'll make a lot of situations in your life better. That'll help a lot of your relationships. And in general, people start to people will start to receive you better and treat you even when they come at you with hostility. When you react with love, eventually they'll start to react in the same way. And that's not saying that bad things won't happen to you. But at the same, like, and not, it's not saying bad things won't happen to you. But at the end of the day, when you act out of love, 
Like, that's the way karma works. That's the way life works is what you give out is what you receive. What you reap is what you sow. So if you sow love into the world, love like love will be what you reap from people. It might be on the other side. Come on, Pastor Elliot, hallelujah. It might be on the other side. I'll play I'll play God for me before y'all got it. And even if it's not, and even if it's the, the person you're showing love to, even if you don't receive love from that person, it's gonna manifest itself and it's gonna come from somewhere else. So like, even if it doesn't, it's not the direct situation, it's gonna come from somewhere else. So always act and act out of love and forgiveness and grace. That's not saying don't call people out when they wrong. But don't do it in a hot, don't, don't act out of hostility and don't act out of hate, act out of love. And I know with me, the one thing my mom always told me was when dealing with police, because you know, my, I'm, my, I'm my mother's only child. My father has other children. And so right. to, get, to, right, to get me home and to make sure that her, her child was not laying out in the street somewhere, her one response to me was always be direct, but be respectful. Mm. Because her thing was to me, because I've always been very prideful. I've always been very, um, outspoken, and y'all know, okay? <laughs> okay, they know. I've always been very outspoken at, from the time I was born, pretty much. And, I've, and I'm the type of person I will late. I've always been very argumentative and everything. And my mom has told me with police, I don't care what the situation is. If you, I am your mother. And I did not birth you. I did because my mom spent 27 she hours did. in labor. And her thing was, I didn't spend 27 hours in labor for you to be laid out in the street by some police officer. Woo! So her thing was to me, be direct. Say what you gotta say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. But you better be respectful because at the end of the day, sometimes. Not arguing and sometimes just saying yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am will mean the difference between seeing a morgue versus seeing your mother. Talk bad when you get home. What exactly. A, what a way. And it's and, and it sucks that we live in a world that that has to be the you know that has to be the the difference. But we living in that day and time, and that's you know all we can say. So my last question to y'all, the panel I got here with me, is one, one, okay, <laughs> last piece of advice <laughs> as living in a black person in this world, what would you do? Um, be sure to find out what your community needs and to support them in that effort. It might not be what you want, mm. Um, mm. but what they need. So be sure to Wow, wow, that was deep. To start off, okay. I don't know what TJ. No matter where you're going and no matter what kind of goals you have, don't forget like where you come from because mm. too many of us get out and then forget. Don't forget it. Okay, I gotta. Uh, I don't know that. I think what you should do for others, it, I'm sorry, it, it, it goes hand in hand. It's just a compound. Mm -hmm. Advocate and educate. So like each one, reach one, kind of, I guess kind of the TJ's point, but making sure you're speaking up for one another because not everybody has the same opportunities as you. Mm -hmm. So make sure that if you see a fellow brother or sister in need, that you help them. And then after you help them, you educate. Including our LGBTQ. And everybody, when I say black Very. folk, I agree. we mean all of us. There's no stipulation, okay? Thanks. Black folk is black folk. Not based on what you think is black. 
Yeah. But what it is. That is true, because we do, unfortunately, have a problem in our community where but some people, folks. right, some people feel like, oh, well, you're not black enough, but God, they blue. At the if end they look like the concept of the black card. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's problematic. It's but, that's problematic. But, but my, you can't exclude my within, Like, you can't exclude within a community that's already exclusive. You feel me? You right. can't divide a divided community even more. So. I'm about to say Because at the end of the day, and my, my point, I'm sorry, Elliot, for cutting you off. My point to ignorance like that is always if a police officer is pointing a gun at you. You black. What color is he gonna see? A nigga. Because it don't when matter. When they see us. Because when it don't matter if you got a polo on. It don't matter if you got a suit on. It don't matter if you got a do rag on. They're gonna, gonna still so think you was stolen. Right. Okay, so Ellie. advocate and educate. All right, so my biggest piece of advice living as a black person in America, understand your life is bigger than you. So, like, it's not all about what you can receive, but what you can give. And that's the biggest thing that the black community needs to realize is that a lot of times we think about how we can elevate. As has already been said in the podcast, we always think about how we can personally elevate. But my thing is, so like a question I always pose to black people in particular is, would you rather be a millionaire or make 10 other black people millionaires? You feel me? It's all about elevating people around you because at that time, because like at that point, you, you're helping your community grow. And at the same time, they'll be willing, they'll be more willing to help you. Don't worry about just elevating yourself. Create a cycle. Create a cycle. Your life is bigger than you. Don't just focus on receiving. Focus on what you can give to your community. Be a Jay-Z. Man, I'm about to say, yeah. and my last point would be... Huh, what, okay, wait, wait, wait. TJ got one last <laughs> In the words of J. Cole, what good is first class if my niggas can't sit? That's what he said. You feel me? That's what he okay. said. That's it. That's well, if anybody sitting first... That's going to be a lonely point. If anybody y'all deal. sitting here first class, I love champagne, okay? <laughs> now, my last point would be to just... Stay black and stay poor. That's all my. That's and all. Stay that's safe, all I got. Y'all. Please because, stay. because at the end of the day, we we all we got for real. Mm. I mean, if you look at it, if you really, really look at it and pay attention, we are all we have. Yeah. And so, you know, what use would it be for us to fight our, you know, fight each other and and, and be beefing with each other and killing off each other? We doing them a favor. We doing their job for for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's it. But thank y'all for listening. This was fun. Thank you. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. And we will catch y'all next time. Love you.